Kenta Maeda is officially a Detroit Tiger. Officially, officially. Announced by the team on Tuesday. We're going to talk about Scott Harris's media availability, some of the quotes and interesting conversations that came out of that. We're going to talk about a promotion within the organization that I think is super fun and needs to be highlighted. And then we're going to talk about something the Milwaukee Brewers are rumored to maybe do and how if they do do it, it could affect how all teams operate. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets if any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Alrighty, well, happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your week. Uh, today, we are going to discuss, like I said, the Scott Harris media availability. Uh, the team announced officially that Kenta Maeda was signed. Some interesting tidbits in there, uh, some interesting quotes. I, I think it's fascinating how the Tigers did release the news, like really small stuff that's very different from how this team has been ran forever. And I, I just want to talk about those really quickly, so we'll discuss some of that. We have a promotion to talk about Brian Pena will no longer be the manager of the uh, West Michigan Whitecaps, but because he is on to bigger and better things within the organization still, I love Brian Pena. I think he's genuinely one of the best coaches in this organization. And uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to end the show. uh, A big chunk of the second half of this show is going to be discussing something the Brewers may do uh, in terms of a uh, contract that they, it's rumored they may give out. It hasn't happened yet, uh, but if they do it, it could set a whole new precedent for, precedent for uh for how teams manage players and sign young players and if there's anyone on the tigers that kind of fits the bill as well okay so we're going to start off with this scott harris media availability it was announced by the club on tuesday that kenta maeda was officially signed by the detroit tigers straight from the horse's mouth there so uh yeah i mean this was uh obviously we knew he was signed and everything uh, there's a couple of things I want to point out here. One is just how they they announced the signing. Uh, I, I don't know how many people noticed how they announced the signing, but the Detroit Tigers official Twitter account posted that they had signed him. That's not like super common practice. It's not uncommon necessarily, but it's not super common. And on top of that, they did the Braves thing a little bit where not only with the, the Kenta Maeda is making an annual donation to the Tigers foundation, uh, totaling $70,000 in 2024 and $50,000 in 2025. Uh, so you have that, which is kind of the Braves thing, right? That, that's the big joke is that 1% of everybody's salary on the Braves roster goes to the Braves foundation. We have something in it, similar to that with the Tigers. Now Kenta Maeda doing that, with uh, I believe it's half a percent of his yearly salary, but uh, I, I think the thing that is that is 
fascinating is that they released in the welcome and, and the, the introductory tweet uh, the exact salary number. Complete transparency. The, the tweet reads as follows, coming to the 313, we have agreed to terms with right-handed pitcher Kenta Maeda on a two-year contract worth $24 million. Maeda will make $14 million in 2024 and $10 million in 2025. We even have the year-to-year. Like, we, we know exactly, and then we obviously got the follow-up for the Tigers Foundation. That's fascinating to me. And, like, that's something that's very, like, not a big deal to a lot of people and very under the radar. That is noteworthy. Uh, I, I think Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic talked about it. Uh, I think Evan Woodbury of M Live talked about it as well. Like this is this is something that a lot of people in the industry appreciate. I think players appreciate it. I think that uh, agents, especially, appreciate the transparency. Uh, that that was just something that I found very very fascinating with this entire press release. And so I, I wanted to start off with that. Just the, the 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 way that they announced it, I thought was pretty fascinating. Then we have Scott Harris taking questions, some media availability with him. And I, I think there's also not a ton of like groundbreaking stuff, you know, like, uh, quote, we wanted to add a veteran presence in our rotation that could help us win games and influence our young starters. Great. Awesome. Uh, that I, I would hope so. That should be the goal for probably everybody uh, that you sign. You know, like a lot of GM speak stuff that we'll, you know, take at kind of face value here. Um, find ways to make our staff deeper and better overall. That was something we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, Evan Petzold and Evan Woodbury both kind of hinted at and released this quote and, and kind of hinted somewhat at the fact, or Scott Harris rather hinted, that they may not be done adding pitching, which is something we've talked about each of the last two days on this episode. So we'll talk about that here in a second uh, on this show, not this episode. Um, and yeah, the, the only other thing I, I really thought was kind of noteworthy in these questions was the fact that they really felt comfortable offering two years. Uh, obviously, he's not going to say, we felt really uncomfortable, but like we wanted to get them, so we just did it. So I, again, like kind of, you know, take it for what it is, take it at face value there. But that was nice. Uh, I, I think that the the only other thing that really jumped out to me was how aggressive they were in Maeda specifically. Uh, there was a report out there that the Twins uh, only would have been interested in bringing back Maeda if it was much later on in the offseason. So the proactive kind of like go out and get your guy approach by Scott Harrison, by this front office, I think is the reason that Kenta Maeda is a Detroit Tiger before December, right? And it is honestly a Detroit Tiger period. Uh, it sounds like there was a few clubs that probably would have been interested in him had they been able to wait through winter meetings and, and let the market shape out a little bit more. What, But the Tigers really, really liked Maeda. They liked what he brings. Uh, that Scott Harris mentioned about a million times how much he appreciates what he's going to bring the younger players on the team. Uh, so, and, you know, the big thing for me is he throws a splitter. Our former number one overall pick had a very famous splitter. I kind of like that a little bit. Let's let's have Kenta Maeda and like one of the best splitters in all of baseball. Maybe maybe uh, rub elbows with Casey Mize a little bit. I certainly don't mind that. But uh, yeah, just talked about the profile. We talked about that the last couple of days. Doesn't allow too many walks. Has a lot of swing and miss stuff. Uh, kind of fits what the Tigers are trying to do. Said he appreciates how he can attack all parts of the strike zone. Uh, that's something that obviously not every pitcher I- I excels at, but something that uh, again, like you're. He's not going to say, oh, well, we don't like how Kenta Maeda doesn't attack all parts of the strike zone. So 
it kind of is what it is with a lot of the GM speak stuff. But uh, I, I did appreciate the the peek behind the curtain really throughout this entire process. Uh, the fact that we're learning that uh, we went after Maeda uh, aggressive and, and early, right, in, in the offseason. Uh, but also the, uh, the just the press release I thought was kind of fascinating as well. So Kenta Maeda officially, officially a Detroit Tiger. Uh, he will be in this rotation in 2024 two thumbs up for that we're pretty uh I'm, I'm pleased about it we've talked about it at length the last couple of days don't need to go back down that rabbit hole again uh one quote i did want to get a little more focused on was the quote about potentially looking for more starting pitching okay we'll talk about that right after this FanDuel. We have talked about FanDuel. We talked about at the beginning of this show. I tell y'all about how great FanDuel is almost every day, and you can continue to score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Will the Detroit Pistons ever win a basketball game ever again? Well, the, you know, they're going to be plus money in a lot of games. Maybe we take a look at, uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to go down that road. We're not going to take a look at the Pistons probably winning too much from here on out, but there is still a lot of fun NBA action. There's a ton of NFL action. Obviously, the season is in the home stretch now. And we have a lot of player awards that are really neck and neck. Uh, we have a lot of teams, like all but three teams are pretty much still in the playoff hunt at this point in the season. It's a great time to get in on all the action at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow, finally talking about the bullpen. Uh, I I've been wanting to talk about the bullpen since like last Friday, but stuff just keeps happening. We, we keep having news, which is great. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be upset at, uh, at stuff to talk about and uh, of additions that are made in the offseason and whatnot. So, barring another Tigers move over the next 24 hours, Tomorrow's episode will be about kind of breaking down the bullpen, talk about what the uh, impression of the bullpen is going into 2024, if there's anything they can do this winter to kind of address some needs, how much of a priority is the bullpen, et cetera, et cetera. That will be tomorrow's episode. Today we're talking about Kenta Maeda, we're talking about Brian Pena, and we're talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, before we move on to the rest of the stuff, we'll kind of put a bow on this Scott Harris media availability with this quote, from this one is from Evan Woodbury, again, of M Live. He says, we're going to keep looking to add pitching. You'll never hear me say that we have enough pitching. I don't even believe it's possible to have enough pitching. We're going to see what's available and if we can find more ways to make our staff deeper and better. Two, three, four thumbs up, right? If I had seven thumbs, they'd all be up. Uh, I, I that is That is music to my ears as... The, the person who has been shouting from the mountaintops for the last seven months about how this offseason the Tigers need more innings, more innings, more innings, more innings out of their starting rotation. 
Uh, I love to hear this. I love that they're going to continue to be aggressive in the starting pitching market. I hope that that's not just GM speak and that it is actually what's going to happen. Uh, I will say that uh, yesterday's show is still very prevalent in my brain, dog. I I, I really, I, I really do think that there's a, a big opportunity to make a splash if you continue to add starting pitching and then start to use some of those, you know, uh, abundance of resources to your advantage by trading for a bat in a year in which free agency has not very many bats available to you. Um, and, and I think that you can kind of two birds, one stone it by continuing to add starting pitching. So you continue to get more innings while also addressing a big need, which is going to continue to be bats. Um, and and I, I know I, we t- we did a whole third base, future of third base episode uh, a week or two ago. And uh, I know we, we I hinted heavily and we talked about it a lot on here, just that like I think the clubhouse leader for third base is still Jace Young being the third baseman by like July, not on opening day. And it's probably some like Ibanez, McKinstry, Veerling platoon until Jace Young is ready. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, if they can make a move and get a infielder period, that is a, a good hitter. I think you have to entertain that, and it starts with acquiring more and more starting pitching. And if you don't make a trade and you want to stand pat, then you have innings, which is never a bad thing. I, I completely agree with this quote, and I'm glad that uh, that we got that little sound bite there. Um, okay, let's move on to Brian Pena. Brian Pena, former Detroit Tiger player, former Major League Baseball player, obviously former catcher. Uh, has been the manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps for the last three seasons. I believe he got hired when A.J. Hinch, he got put in that position at that role at least when A.J. Hinch took over in 2021. Um, So that is, I I believe that's the last three seasons he has been the manager of the Whitecaps. uh, And that's in high single A, obviously. And so uh, he has been promoted to be the new minor league catching coordinator for the Detroit Tigers. And I really just want to give Brian Pena his flowers. Uh, There is not a single person that has been around Brian Pena or played for Brian Pena that has had anything bad to say. I genuinely think he's a rising star in this industry. I don't expect him to be like around in, in the Tigers organization for like, you know, the next like 20 years, because I expect him to get poached at some point from another team to go on to, to bigger and bigger roles. I, I think that highly of him. I think he's done a fantastic job at West Michigan. All of the players absolutely adore him. Uh, I I can't say enough good things about Brian Pena. And I, I think it's truly a testament to how good he is at his job, that he is now the catching coordinator in an organization who's manager at the major league level and don't get it twisted is, has heavy input in all of these decisions was a major league catcher and understands the value of catcher, right? AJ Hinch w- was obviously a catcher and 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 knows the the, the value and, and the role that that brings, and and how important it is to have a good, you know, confident game caller and defender behind home plate, and uh, and for him to again absolutely have input in this decision uh, to make Brian Pena the the new minor league catching coordinator. Uh, he will be the guy that uh, you know getting him hands-on work with Dylan Dingler for the first time since Dingler probably was, you know, like in his post-draft season. Uh, all of this is great. And uh, he's also going to be the manager of the Cuban professional team of Im- immigrated players that will soon participate uh, in 
the Intercontinental Series in Columbia at the end of January in 2024. So like he just keeps getting opportunities. He is he's so well respected in the industry. I'm just such a big fan of him and I wanted to give him a congratulations on here because I think he absolutely deserves it and I think he's a very overlooked and not talked about rising star in the coaching industry. I, I really believe that. So um, two thumbs up for that. Cool to see him get a promotion there. Uh, we got some interesting catching prospects as well. Dylan Dingler, uh, Crouch, didn't have a great year this past year, but is someone that two years ago a lot of people really liked. Um, and and obviously just like the the catchers, the young catchers that are at the major league level, you know, Jake Rogers, eh, not exactly young, but still, uh, I, I'm, very, uh, I'm very interested in how Pena will do in this uh, new role. So, um, okay, let's move on to the Milwaukee Brewers. This is absolutely fascinating to me. Okay, and this will be what the rest of the show is about. There was a report. Uh, I got the notification via Bleacher Report, um, but I believe that the initial report that they got it from was from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Just trying to go down the train and work backwards and figure out who the initial source of the report was. I believe it's Ken Rosenthal. If he got it from someone else, I'm sure it'll be in his article again on The Athletic. But uh, the report is Brewers Jackson Chorio, the number two MLB prospect in, quote, landmark contract talks. That is an article that came out on Tuesday, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. And uh, Rosenthal implied a lot here, uh, said that the largest agreement for a player with no major league experience is currently Luis Robert Jr.'s contract for the Chicago White Sox, who right in the COVID-2020 season got a $50 million contract on six years. Um, that is, uh, this this whole thing is fascinating to me. So let's start with the Robert contract. Luis Robert Jr., uh, that is, that's what, eight and a half AAV, 8.3, somewhere around there. Uh, AAV, as far as annual salary goes, uh, six years, that's exactly takes you to uh, pre-arb, post-arb, and then he would be a free agent. Now, that one has, a, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Robert Jr. contract has a team option or, or some sort of option slapped onto the end of that as well. Uh, but it is worth noting that like six years, right, That just taking you through arbitration and the pre-arb pro uh, pro process, goodness, makes all the sense in the world for the player. Uh, you're going to get much more money that way in the first three, four years of your career. And then if you're a really good player, then you're on a little bit of a discount deal for years five and six, but you will have made a boatload more than you ever would have if you didn't sign that type of contract in the first three to four years. And if you end up not being as, as highly touted or, or reaching your full ceiling, then you're just getting more money than you would have thought in the first six. So like eight and a half is not, I think the general rule these days, it changes all the time. Uh, but the general rule these days is uh, in free agency, like every 12 mil is worth one war. And that's super loose and like not like a, you know, a, a that's not gospel, right? Like not every front office is like, yes, this is the way and this is like the only way type of thing. Uh, but like that, that's a general kind of vibe in today's day and age of baseball that most people kind of use as a, as a, as a benchmark at least. So, like, the Robert Jr. contract, I think, made sense for both sides. This one is reported to be uh, more money and also longer term. 
according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, the quote, the exact quote is, quote, would be longer and guarantee him more money. And this is all despite the fact that he has played six games above the AA level. So I want to talk about the precedent that this is going to set and then also talk about, as far as the Detroit Tigers go, is there anyone, anyone in the organization that has not made their major league debut yet that you would be comfortable giving this type of contract to? We're going to go over some names, okay? We will talk about that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Your third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in greatly. Uh, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today show. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts and Locked On uh, national shows as well, covering every single league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel okay be sure to check it out for real it is absolutely awesome uh so we are talking about the brewers talking about this potentially uh, again ken rosenthal used the word landmark type of deal if it's longer that is a big deal right if you start adding years to that and you start chipping away at um at, at potentially free agent eligible years that's that's never been done right to a guy who hasn't played major league baseball before we've seen like the big deals after like a rookie season or after like two years right we, we've we're starting to see a lot more of those in baseball the last five ten years um but but this truly would be a, a new precedent being set and i think that that's so fascinating and, and I, I just the, the game of baseball is so beautiful because it is ever-evolving. Everybody's always trying to find the next thing that gets you the, the advantage, right? People to, like that. That's why everybody loves the Moneyball movies. And, and the, there's so many – there's 30 front offices all trying to achieve the same thing and all trying to go about it a different way to, uh, to, to have a leg up on their competition. And this would be just the next in line – and obviously I want to talk about it with y'all because I want to talk about everything baseball related with all of you, but like the, the, the relating it to the tigers is fascinating to me, right? Is there anyone in the tigers organization that this is even a remote conversation for? Because I'm not sure there is, I, I'm not sure. And like, I don't expect the tigers to do this. Even if, even if you are the biggest like Colt Keith believer in your, in on the entire planet, I don't think the Tigers are doing this anytime soon. That That's not what this conversation is about. This is not like, oh, the Brewers are doing it. Could the Tigers do it? I would be stunned if the Detroit Tigers took a risk like this in the foreseeable future. Okay. Um, but I, I do think it's worth the conversation of, is there anyone you would, if your last name was Harris and I guess your first name was Scott, right? Like, is that is that someone, is there anyone on your radar? Max Clark, certainly no. Too, too early on in the career, That that's off the table. I don't think there's anyone that would like give over again, like guarantee you're talking about more money and like to, to convince a young player to give up free agent eligible years, dog. Like that's serious. Like that's, that that's where, that's where baseball money is made. All right. Like you, that that's been baseball's history for, for decades has been, you don't make a whole lot, relatively speaking, obviously. I would love to make 700K playing baseball, but like relatively speaking, you don't make a whole lot 
when compared to other baseball players for the first six years of your career. Arbitrations help that a little bit. And then you hit free agency, and that's where you get your big contract. I mean, I, I'm having to think that it, it it can't be more than like two years of arbitration. Post-arbitration, sorry. can't imagine that it would be two years of post-arb, like free agent off-seasons, which is still like an eight-year deal. But like, I can't imagine it's too much more than that. And then AAV, I mean, if it's more than Roberts, uh, and if you're good, I mean, you can make 12, 15 mil in arbitration. I mean, what, are you going to give this dude 15 mil AAV for eight years? Man, I'm so bad at math. Eight times 15. Goodness, that shouldn't have been that hard. Like, is that is that 15 AAV for eight years? But, it, like, I feel like it kind of has to be even more, but, like, you're not going to give 20 AAV to somebody who, who hasn't played a major league game yet, right? But if it's going to be a, a new kind of precedent more than the Luis Robert thing, it's going to be more than eight and a half. You feel me? Like, it's it's just, it's so wild. And so when talking about the Tigers back on on track, uh, ADHD brain there, but like Colt Keith is, is probably the only player that I'd even remotely consider doing this for. Um, and, and I, I am the biggest Colt Keith believer you'll, you'll meet. I, I, I love the kid. I think he's the second baseman of the future. There's a whole different conversation surrounding like how, how much you want this player to be integrated within the organization, how much you, uh, uh how much you not even like trust or believe just like financially, like you, you're gonna, you, you're gonna guarantee whatever it is, 10, even if it's only 10, $12 million. Sure. Right. I'm going to guarantee that over, you know what I mean? Like that's, you have to, you have a budget every year, right? Scott Harris is definitely given a budget every single off season from, from ownership. It says this is the amount of money you have to spend. And it's, it's, it's an, a fine line because I, I think that the smaller market teams, and I'm not saying the Tigers are a smaller market team. Illich could go out and spend $200 million a year if he wanted to. But the smaller market teams, if you're not going to spend in free agency, maybe this is like the new way. But baseball is such a bustable sport. Like it is, it is the most bustable sport. Like if you just, if you were to have a percentage of the sport that has the most, for lack of a better term, busts in it. People who were drafted really high or once considered top prospects in baseball that didn't live up to the hype. It's easily baseball. And it's not even really particularly close. That's why there's a million different levels of the minors. You got to reprove yourself over and over and over again in baseball. You going to do that with Jackson Job? I don't think any team is doing this with a pitcher. There's just too many pitching injuries these days. I think pitcher is just completely off the table. I don't even think a, a team would entertain giving a pitcher that is yet to play in the major leagues a contract like this. Jace Young. I, I mean, this is like the first year he's been like really, really good. And like he was only drafted, what, a couple of years ago. Like that's not a fault of his own. But he's had like one good minor league season. I, I don't think you can necessarily do that. Like this guy, we're talking about the Brewers is the number two prospect in the sport, right? He's like one of the one of the, the the best prospects in the game of baseball. 
Jace Young's the fourth best prospect in the Tigers organization. Kevin McGonigal, no, too young. Ty Madden, certainly not. Wilmer Flores, again, I think pitcher is out the window. How you lead, you just acquired him six months ago. Not even. <laughs> no. Justin Henry Malloy, like no, right? Like, and then you get further and further. Obviously, you're getting down to like players that you're not even sure are going to be like productive major league baseball players, period. Once you get down to, you know, further and down this prospect list. The only player I'd consider it is legitimately Colt Keith. And, and even then, I still don't think I'd do it. And that's not an indictment on my opinion of Colt Keith. It's just like, that's a really risky thing to do. And, and to, to set aside part of your budget on, on someone who, like, you, you don't, I'm not going to say you don't need to, but like, you don't need to. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really a fascinating conversation. I'm very interested in, in, in where y'all stand on this. And just like we'll end the show by just like the new precedent that this could set, right? Like, I think it's it's I go back and forth, honestly. Like, I am I am incredibly pro player. Uh, I I feel like if you listen to the shows when the lockout was happening, that that was I I made that pretty clear. I know that that's not where like everybody stood on those like side of uh, negotiations, and I do fully understand that at one point I think it was both of both parties' faults. Um, uh, you know, not, not blind following anything, but, uh, for the, I, I'm, I'm pretty pro, pro player with that kind of stuff. And even if you, even if you, you stand on the other side of the aisle and you're more pro owner, that that's totally fine. That, that's your right to, to, you know, have that opinion and feel that way. My point is it, it really, it goes both ways. Like with, with this kind of deal, either side could end up happening, right? Like, let's say he's really good. Okay. Let's say they give out this type of deal and he's incredible, okay? Then other teams are probably going to start doing this. And players are going to get paid uh, even younger. And, like, that's something that I think has been a, a pretty big issue in baseball for a while. Has been, like, it takes and, – and, again, arbitration has helped that a lot. Uh, but it, it's that that's one of the bigger gripes with, like, athletes when comparing it to other sports. It takes a longer time including minor league baseball, which is like a huge issues publicly about like how little those guys get paid. Uh, there's just, it takes a long time to, to get paid. And, uh, and obviously it's millions of dollars eventually. And, and, and they're, they're, you know, top one percenters at the end of the day, but like it, it takes a while to get there. And so I think that if he's really good, a lot more players are going to start getting paid younger and younger. And I don't view that as a bad thing. Uh, again, I, I tend to lean more on the pro like player side of things. Um, but if he's not very good in a very bustable sport, if he doesn't work, turn out and he doesn't perform, then what happens? Then it, it swing the pendulum swings the other way, and then teams are going to go, "Well, pff, we're not making that mistake again." <laughs> Baseball is far too tricky with predicting talent. It's far too difficult. We're not doing that again, and 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 teams are going to be significantly more cautious with giving anybody a contract pre-arbitration, and it's going to go really dramatically the other way. And I won't blame people, right? Like the only example you have is a failure if that happens. I I won't blame teams for doing that at all. So it, it, it's such a fine line. It's such a uh, a gutsy thing. The one thing that bothers me with it from the Brewers perspective, and I'm not trying to be like locked on Brewers here. We already have a great show for that on the network. 
Um, but uh, the the tricky thing for me with them specifically is they're not going to pay the two greatest pitchers in franchise history. And they're going to give that money to a guy who's never played Major League Baseball before. And like he he's a he's a very talented prospect, right? If if you're in like the 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 prospect circles, like we've been hearing about like this kid since that since he was very young, right? It's uh he he's he's very talented. But it's it's a very as a team what you're marketing to free agents and other players and people you draft, I'm not sure that's what you want your team to be marketed as. I'm not sure you want to market your team as the team that plays unproven talent and once you become a Cy Young caliber, MVP caliber player, see ya. I'm not sure that's the best marketing campaign. And this deal hasn't happened yet. I'm just, I'm so, I just, I love, I love this. Like, I'm so fascinated with how this is going to turn out. What possibilities could come out of this? Um, what what type of precedent it, it is going to set? I, I think there's a world of possibilities here. And I, and I really, I, there, there's a bunch of different angles, and I don't think any of them are all like one side or the other. I think, it, I think it's a bunch of different unique angles that some are pro and, and some are cons. Uh, and, and I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated with this. So uh, I don't think the Tigers are doing this anytime soon, uh, but I, I do think that it's a fan, fascinating baseball story that if it does work out, could affect your team very, very soon uh, if, if, if it looks like it was a smart move. So we'll see what happens with it. We'll see what, if it ends up coming to fruition. That's all I got. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow as always. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the 24-7 streaming channel. The first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel. Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the bullpen, baby. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers.